adults, Helen, myself, Lydia, and Matt, and we still didn't manage to keep the lights properly. None of the kids said anything. They were brilliant. They just sort of came like this at us. And we were like, oh, is that a bit... And Ella finally came up to me and said, Mum, it's a bit hard. I was like, oh, just skim the top bits. So between us all, yeah, I thought I'd have said that's my DJI highlight. Okay, that's quite good. What's your Jesus highlight? I think for me, um, mine's a bit sort of all over and sort of very rounded of the whole event. Um, I've been to quite a few DTI events and they're all very, very special and very, very different. But I did have a sort of a bit of a moment where I was sort of kind of standing at the back and noticed that just, it, it's quite an incredible something. If you ever get the opportunity to do it, whether you're going to be on teams or an adult helping or you're a, a, a team going, <clears throat> it is... <coughs> so overwhelming to see all these amazing young people <coughs> worshipping and the power of God in the room was just breathtaking. You've got to experience it. So that, for me, was my Jesus moment. Lovely. Thank you. Betty, we've got to give it to Betty. Betty's got a bit of a sore throat this morning. Yeah. We've been praying all morning. So It's getting stronger, though. Yeah. So it is getting stronger. No. He's doing something. <laughs> so, Betty, what was your DTI highlight? So, my DTI highlight, I'm going to whisper, was, thank you, was um, building a community around me to help strengthen, you know, my faith in that way and actually getting to know more people and, um, yeah, just investing in that community. Um, also, Bandioki was incredibly fun. <laughs> if you've never experienced it it's karaoke but with a band a live band <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie I lost my voice a bit like this on the second night in <coughs> but we still worshipped and it was great yeah. what was your Jesus highlight DTI highlight was the sense of family in the group like it people tell, told me that like in a week of DTI or however long it is five days six days you you do a year's worth of youth work because the conversations the like moments the fun the and that for me was just just seeing how the group gelled how we all just gelled everyone was looking out for each other there was no arguments. It was just it was just amazing. And they're such an incredible bunch and I love hanging out with them. So that was my highlight. <laughs> um, and my uh, my Jesus oh sorry. No, it's okay. My Jesus highlight was the change from the first night when we were walking and everyone's a bit 
bit like some some aren't some are like whoa from moment but like you know just needing to warm up and then by the end they're praying for each other they're prophesying over each other they're worshiping with their hands in the air like it's like whoa um so yeah that was my jesus highlight seeing god moving you guys and and myself yeah lovely thank you now what was your dtr highlight my DTI highlight was probably um, the bouncy castles <laughs> and uh, getting to know people um, throughout the week. And what was your Jesus highlight? Uh, my Jesus highlight was probably just watching all of the kids um, getting to know Jesus. Lovely. So, Matt, do you want to go? Oh, I don't mind. Um, yeah, go on then, I'll go. Come on then. Uh, what was your DTI highlight? <laughs> I thought you wanted to ask the question. Yeah. So my overall, I think DTI highlight was similar to Lydia's, um, but in fewer words, I think, which was just kind of hanging out around the campsite with, with all, all of us as a group, and we it was we just had a really good laugh. We felt like we all got to know each other really well. Um, yeah, it was just, um, I think, God and everyone that came created a really great atmosphere. Know, just around our tents, just for messing around, really, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And your Jesus highlight? Um, my Jesus highlight, I'm going to steal two, because <laughs> so part of my role at DTI was keeping Caleb and Jonah occupied, out the way, or in play when they needed to be. Um, and so for them, like Caleb, and this is partly Jesus, this is partly also to credit to Ben and Nat and others from kids who were in the kids' work at DTI. Caleb loved the kids' work, didn't he? And he still talks about stuff he learned. He still talks about things he did, um, and the time he spent with Ben and that and others. Um, so that was just amazing, and that's a, and it really kind of kicked him on with kind of engagement with Jesus and church in general here as well. When we came back, didn't it? I think we still we're still sort of seeing the fruit of that, um, which is fantastic. Uh, Jonah was slightly less keen on the kids' work, but that doesn't matter. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then for me, I think the. Um, was so again because I so Jonah was less keen on the kids' work, so I wasn't in many of the main meetings, but did a couple when he was asleep, and we nipped in and out for a bit until it got too loud. Um, and it just the generosity of God really struck me that that I can sort of nip in and out and sort of half preoccupied with trying to either keep Jonah asleep or his ears covered um, at an event for teenagers, and he still speaks to me, he still turns up, I'm still. Um, he's still focused on me as well as everyone else at the same time, and it's just, it's just fantastic. It just says something about the God we serve that that is his character and how he feels about us, um, which was amazing. Um, Ella, what was your DTI oh. highlight? Oh, um, I'd say my DTI highlight probably is the community. It's so different, like from normal life, I'd say, and like. Every time I go, I always feel so safe and, like, like homely. I think that everyone else probably agrees. Um, and then my Jesus highlight is always the worship. It's so good. Like, it's so different. And like Mum said, if you haven't experienced before, like, definitely do go. It's, like, different to anything else you experience. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a different world. Yeah. <laughs> Daisy. Oh, do you going to say more? What was your Jesus highlight? I did say. God said the word. Sorry. <laughs> Daisy, what was your DTR highlight? I think probably the 
probably my DTR highlight was like a bit of everyone's, especially, yeah, I just love building relationships and just like, like you said, the community is just so welcoming and I feel like I can talk to anyone here about anything without being embarrassed, if you know what I mean? But, yeah. And what was your Jesus highlight? Uh, I really loved the worship, like, it was just amazing because by the end of the, like, at the first start of the week, I was just a bit like, this is big because, <laughs> like, obviously it's very, there's a lot of people everywhere. And But then by the end of the week, it kind of was just a bit like, oh, this is normal, I really like this now and just getting used to it all. Um, yeah. Lovely, thank you. Jen, what was your overall DTR highlight? I really loved um, hanging out with everyone, like... Um, and it was really nice to um, be with loads of friends and not just from this church. Like, I saw loads of friends that I hadn't seen in a while, which was really nice. And what was your Jesus highlight? I feel like I'm just repeating everything. <laughs> the worship was amazing. Um, just, it can go from a really slow, everyone's praying, to, like, the next song can be everyone jumping up and down and going crazy, and that was really cool. Lovely. So now we're going to hear from Soph my sister, and Helen, who weren't, be able, who weren't able to be here today, but we've got them on video form. Um, and for me, my God moment, um, there were a number of different times when I was feeling a little bit stressed and anxious about various stuff, and God just kept reminding me to trust him. And then, you know, we would just be in the right place at the right time, having a conversation with somebody, or Kate or Lydia would turn up, or, you know, it was just, yeah, those moments for me was God reminding me that, I could trust him completely, even though I didn't make it into any of the main meetings. Um, that was God still using that time. Hello, Daniel. Um, I've been given some questions from Liz about ETI this year, so I'll just answer those. Um, the first question is what was the best thing God did for the about ETI? I would say um, this. So this year I finished school in June, and I really loved what I was doing as a career. Like I had absolutely no idea, um, and I was really like worried and panicked about um, yeah what I was going to do for a job because all my friends knew what they wanted to do. They were going to uni in September, and I was like a bit lost with what I wanted to do. So I went to UTI, and I was praying on this, and I was like. Um, like, I know you have a plan, you know, like, take this worry from me, um, just let me be at peace with, like, have trust in me, basically, with whatever you have planned, you know, have trust in that. Um, so, like, I came home from DTI and I met Em, who, um, she helped me come to Romania, and she was part of the Big Love charity and helped organise everything here. Um, so, yeah, so now I'm in Romania and I have a month left here. And I'm really loving it. 
And then the second question is, what was the best thing that happened at DTI? At DTI, I always think it's a great time to like build relationships and get close with people, with camping and everything. So I really built um, good relationships with Helen and Esther. I got close with them. And also Libby and Katie. Um, I really love those girls. Um, so yeah, it was really nice to build relationships and get to know people better on a deeper level. So yeah, love you lots, guys. Lovely. Come and get a round of applause for my panel. Yeah. Woo! Right. Now we're going to hear from the famous and the best Betty. She wants to come up. So this morning, Betty has prepared us with a mini preach, which I'm quite excited for. So if we're going to pray for Betty. Um, bear with me, I haven't done this before. But if you guys want to stretch out a hand, we're going to pray for her. Dear Lord, I pray for Betty. I pray for Betty. I pray that you all over her for a mini preach. I pray that you strengthen her for her voice. And I pray that you will love her. And I pray that she has the right words to say. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Am I on? Yeah? Okay. This, this is going to be a bit of dipping out of whispering and half talking. So bear with me. We're just going to do what feels right. So, when I say heart, what does it make you think of? Have we got that? Love. I mean, I was like, I was thinking we might need some more tries before we hit it on the head. No, I'm glad. I was worried someone was going to say, like, a bypass surgery or something, and then I'd be stuffed. <laughs> but, so, my verse I'm focusing on this morning, we're going to dive into... Can find it. 1 John 4.19 We love because he first loved us. So, I often get so focused on the we love bit. Like as Christians and as the church, we love. And that's a great thing. Like it's, a, it's really good. And yeah, don't get me wrong. It's great to love, but it's so easy to forget that he first loved us. Like, we are meant to be loved. We are literally his beloved, beloved, right? But sometimes pride can get in the way and tell us that we could still love without God, that we could still love without praying, without worshipping, without reading the Bible, from like the tiniest verse to the whole thing, like... We have that in our head sometimes of we can still love. But guys, this isn't the love he has for us, okay? This is worldly love, right? This love without God is merely worldly, okay? Jesus didn't die on the cross 
for us to have worldly love. Jesus died. The Creator's Son died for us when we didn't even know the guy so that we could have a relationship where we would encounter the love of all loves. Because as 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1 to 3 puts it, we are nothing without his love. So, love is mentioned around 686 times, quite precise, but around that in the New International Version of the Bible. However, in English, there is one word for love. I mean, I'd looked at others in the thesaurus, and it was like affection and adoration, and I was like, they just don't quite cut it, you know? They don't just kind of meet it. So, love, we only have one word for it, right? But in Greek, there are many levels of love. So there are many words of love. And so God's love is the highest level of love. The Greek is agape. Agape is the divine, unconditional love. And there are other types. So you have agape, you have philia, which is brotherly love, eros, which is romantic love. And I'm going to pretend that I can pronounce this right. I'm just going to go with storge. Please, anyone correct me if that's wrong. But I'm going to go with storge, which is family love. Is it storge? We're going to roll with it. It's now storge, okay? So I think when we say the word love, then it's really easy to think of worldly love or lower levels and agape love. Like in the Bible, it's so important. When we look at the word love in the Bible, you know, do some research. Like in this passage, are they talking about God's love? Are they talking about the worldly love? They're talking about love that we need to give to others. Like it's important to have that context. So let's take a dive into 1 John 4, verses 7 to 21. I'm not going to read all of them because we might be here for a little while, but I'm just going to dive into verse 7 for now where it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So, as people of God, it's in us. We were born into it. It's our heritage. So, as you are formed and as he knit you together, he weaved into you his love for you. And your love for him and the love that you're then going to go on to give to others. But we have to understand that we don't get the first part of 1 John 4.19 if we don't have the second part. For me, God has demonstrated his love in my life so many times and in so many ways. From the smallest thing, like making my voice a little bit stronger, from in crazy colossal ways, which if you want to have a chat about that, come speak to me afterwards because he's pretty cool. And everyone, if you look into your life and you focus on it, you can see the instances where God loves you because it's weaved into our being. Like we cannot escape it in any way. But the biggest example of God's love is reflected in Jesus. The Son of God was sent to earth to die for us. A pastor called Craig Brown, who is one of the pastors at Life Edmund Church, used John 3.16 to help explain. I realize that John 3.16 is quite a famous verse in the Bible. And I have to say, when I looked it up in my Bible, I realized I hadn't even highlighted it. And I was like... So you probably need to dive into that bit if you talk. So I did. So, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So, 
This is coming from Craig Brown, who I watched one of his videos. He's a great guy. So, the word so means thus. And in the verses before this, it speaks about when the people of Israel had turned from God and God asked Moses to hold up a serpent and whoever looked at it would be healed and saved. So when God gave his one and only son like thus, he's saying, when I sent Jesus down, he's here on the cross for you to look at him and be healed and saved. The simplicity that you are here today is an act of his love. Like imagine sending your son or someone who you love so dearly to a place knowing that he will die for people who won't even have a clue at why. Like that is genuinely crazy. Like when I think of that, like, like what? Like this crazy love. Francis Chan said, when we love God because we feel like we should love him instead of genuinely loving out of our true selves, We have forgotten who God really is and that we need to intentionally and consistently remind ourselves of him. Now, I'm going to add to that. We need to remind ourselves of his love because it's a pretty cool thing. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 7. We're diving all around today. So, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Then verse 8 goes on to say that God's love never fails. Now, this passage is about God's love. Like, it never fails. It is always patient, always kind. There is no record of wrongs. Like, I think that's pretty crazy. There is, like, absolutely no record. There's not a scratch on our records of any wrongs. And I love how Francis Chan puts it in its book called Crazy Love that God never had an identity crisis. So God never had an identity crisis. And, you know, he knew what his love, what his love was going to look like. His love never had an identity crisis. His, and this is reflection. His love is, is a reflection. of Like he knew that his love never had an identity crisis, that he wasn't going to have an identity crisis. So if we have an identity crisis, we cling to him. So when I typed up the characteristics of God's agape love into Google, it came up with agape loves even when rejected, mistreated, or scorned. If we reject God's love, it doesn't stop us from being loved because it doesn't stop him from loving us. And because we are loved by God, we are his people. Psalm 29 verse 11 says, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. You know when you really get on with someone and they might say like, you know what, they're just my people. And they're like, you know what, I just really get on with them. Like, they just get me, and I understand them. They're just my people. But isn't that so cool that Jesus says that about us? He's like, you know what, guys, I actually really get them. I just really understand them. You know what, they are my people. But there's also another epic side to this. So, 
As we are God's people, we belong to him. Not a secular worldly view of control and restriction, but a divine truth of love and freedom. We belong to Jesus. We are stamped and marked with God's love. Like in Toy Story, where Woody has Andy written on the bottom of his foot, right? We've just got God written on our hearts and on us. And you know what? It goes so much deeper and his calling is so much deeper than just a pen mark on a boot. The world doesn't say, love the people who are deemed unlovable or put in the effort to love that one person or love that person who actually hurt you. But as his people, we are born into love and also set apart in it. Jesus is the prime example of how to love. And he loved the woman. He loved, he loved the woman. He loved the lepers. He loved the woman who had slept around with each other. And in society, like at the time, that was a crazy thing. Like everyone thought, you know, the genders were like not, they're not equal, not very equal now, but like they weren't equal then. He loved the woman. He loved the disabled. He loved everybody. He loved counterculturally. And because he lives in us through God's spirit, we are called and driven to love counterculturally. To go against the cancel culture of only put those who make you happy around you and block out anyone who doesn't. You know, let that person go. All of that stuff. No, we are called to love counterculturally. And what happens when we love each other with his love? Colossians 3.14 says perfect harmony. Imagine that. If we loved with his love, perfect harmony. And Psalm 133 verse 1 says, How good and pleasant, pleasant is it when God's people live together in unity. When we love with his love, we live together in unity in his love. Now, the cool thing is, we get to be a part of this. We get to be a part of leading others into this crazy, mind-blowing love. But how do we do this in the day-to-day? And You know, what does it look like for us? I would say the daily affirmation of his love for us and that he is the lover of ourselves is the key component to loving others. So there's a start. Then, love the one who is left out, sat alone in the office or in the classroom, the one that has asked to rearrange a meet-up for four times now and it's slightly getting on your nerves. You know what? We're going to choose to love them. The one who has, who, to be honest, or not, you would rather go without seeing today or speaking to today. But we are called to love everyone. But do not worry, my friends, because through our own strength, this would not be possible. But we've got him, you know, we've got the spirit. And you can literally call on the spirit daily, hourly, even every second to help infuse God's strength into you and ask for the gift of mercy and giving and forgiveness. Lean on him throughout your day. Tell him your thoughts and your frustrations, your struggles, your joys and your simple gratitudes. And would we continually pursue and seek actions so that, so that display his love and not our own human nature? Would our actions only be through his love. So, if what I've spoken about today doesn't sound familiar, then have you truly experienced God's love? If it does, but you haven't felt it in a while, ask him to meet you here with his abundant love. And if you do feel it, 
It's a great feeling. It's amazing. But let's not stop there. Let's help lead others into this love. So, should we stand? Should we do a bit of prayer? So, come Holy Spirit. Come Lord God. Thank you Lord that you're the lover of our souls.